listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. Well, it's one thing to bring up a fiancé. It's another thing to be vulgar and to bring it up where a fiancé is concerned. You know, I I feel that Pusha T was disrespectful and he had crossed the line where music was concerned because he went to mama, you know what I mean? Did you hear the song, the actual song that he had recorded? No, no, I didn't. I heard the ingredients. <laughs> Welcome to episode 52 of The Awakened Soul. We have some new things planned for you on this episode. How'd you guys feel about the intro? I wanted to get a little creative there. Uh, hopefully I didn't do too much. You know, if I did do too much, oh well. I'm a too much type person, I guess, sometimes. But uh, we want to start this show off before we even get into the mind of Hayes. We want to start it off with sh- shout outs. Um, no, no, no new five star reviews this week, but I wanted to point out some of the great episodes from the Potter family that came out this past week. So anyone who is not familiar, definitely go check out what we're going to do from my boy, AJ, who delivered a great, great podcast on why I cheat. Um, just talking about the cheating culture and and things there. And I, I want to say, like, hats off to that, man, because that, that's something that I think in, in, in society, a lot of people don't talk about as much nowadays. Um, but he really gets deep into it, really deep. So, you know, definitely check that out. Again, that's AJ at the What We Gonna Do. And that is going, it's exactly how it sounds, G-O-N-E. Um, AJ's just so damn real. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, definitely shouts out to him. We also want to shout out Dualistic, who is just hitting their one year anniversary they dropped their podcast this week well they dropped weekly so uh they have a their anniversary pod coming up this week where you know a lot of people sent in uh congratulations and things to them we also want to send shouts out to the podcast brothers who are celebrating their two-year anniversary those brothers are doing good things over there so shout out to them as well check them out it's just been the infinite fringe as well um that's from my boy billy ray valentine if you want podcasts to make you think deeper and you know i pride myself on provoking thought here in the awakened soul but the infinite fringe is a conspiracy theory podcast that really really makes you think so check out the infinite fringe as well and i'm also going to shout out my boy andrew bello andrew hasn't been on the awakened soul as of much late late just because we're both super busy but he will be in a big way um because we have a lot of politics things to catch up on um, but check out his podcast. That's the next level wrestling podcast. And I know it's wrestling. Not everyone's into wrestling, but he always has segments in there that have nothing to do with wrestling that are more on you know society. And, and sometimes it's politics. A lot of times it's pop culture, movies. He had a great Infinity War review as well. He talks in Deadpool on another episode. And he in his description, he does lay out the segment so you know which one's where. So if you don't happen to like wrestling, you can you can show up for some of the other stuff. Again, that's the next level wrestling podcast. And then we also got to shout out my boys, Oversaturated. Um, you know, you hear them a lot. We have a podcast together called The Breaks Radio, which you definitely need to check out if you into hip hop and music and all that. Cause it's a hip hop podcast, but we don't just talk hip hop. We talk R&B. We talk a lot about just about everything over there. So definitely check 
out oversaturated who actually did an episode on why Jermaine Dupree should be considered the GOAT, which, you know, I, I think that just like me, a lot of people don't think about Jermaine Dupree and everything he's had his hands in. Um, so yeah, I wanted, I, I just wanted to start this off by sending shots out to a couple of podcasts who just did amazing, amazing work this week. We leave you this as well, which this episode was funny as hell. Mike shares a story about, uh, interaction with the barber, which is funny since we're having the first cut Friday face off me and Ralph. It's, it's just, it's been a great week in the Potter family. Great week. So, you know, check out everyone there. Sweats and suits. Like I shouted out last week. All right, that's it. We're going to get into the show. We're going to get into my dark and twisted mind. So we're going to get some more music briefly. Then we're going to get into the mind haze. I just want to be a good man. Good man to you, girl. That's all I want, babe. Hey, that's all I want, babe, baby. That's all I want, babe, baby. So I just want to be a good man. Good man to you, girl. That's all I want, babe, baby. That's all I want. So I wanna be, baby. So I just wanna pick the phone up every single time you call. It don't matter where I'm is. I wanna be chillin' with Obama, talking business, see you callin', tell him, hold up, I gotta take this. Let the world wait. Wanna wear it like a medal? Tell him that I'm a spoken for a fellow. The lady say hello like I'm hooded. I do everything with my left, I know you see it Trifling, listen baby, I ain't knowin' it Perfect, but I promise, I promise to make it Alright, before we start into anything else with the mind of Hayes I want to get into this right away And that is Eddie Murphy will be playing Rudy Ray Moore In a biopic uh, on Netflix called Dolomite Is My Name Me and Coop, actually, when we review, um the five best black comedians of all time. We talked about Rudy Ray Moore heavily. We talked about the fact that how creative and special he was and how a lot of people may not remember really Rudy Ray Moore of this new generation and biopics to me. I love when a good biopic and for anyone who pronounces biopic, we need to have a whole nother discussion, but for the biopics, um, I just, I had to shoot, throw some shots out there, but, um, this, it, it could be great. And the fact that Netflix is starting to become home for a lot of these, movies that Hollywood may not get greenlighted. And, you know, I, I love when we get the biopics and people get to see parts of their lives that, that everyone may not be aware of. And we get to see new shades of that person. Um, Rudy Ray Moore, like I said, a, a, a great in, in the comedy realm. And he's done so much creative stuff. He brought us Dolomite. You know, this, this is just a great thing. And I, Eddie Murphy, I love to see him do other things. Like I love when, when Eddie Murphy kind of flexes that actor muscle a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward, really, really looking forward to this film. I, I think that this is going to be great. The trailer has, I don't even know if they started shooting yet, but just the fact of Eddie Murphy playing Rudy Ray Moore, I, I, I would, I'm, I'm going to believe that it's going to be great until I see otherwise. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to this. All right, the next topic we got to get into is this whole thing with Trump and Kim Kardashian and going to talk a little Kanye West in it as well. Now, for anyone who isn't familiar, isn't aware, uh, Kim Kardashian met with Donald Trump about prison reform. Um, and she also wanted to talk about Alice Marie Johnson, who was locked up after her first nonviolent drug offense, got a life sentence without the possibility of parole. Uh, Kim Kardashian heard about the story 
immediately started researching and wanted to help this this woman. Um, she went to meet with with Donald Trump, which got into a whole lot of jokes um, from society and, and Twitter about, well, what Kim Kardashian, what does she know about prison reform? Talk. And here's here's my issue with that. And this is, again, you know, on the show, I never I never pull my punches. And the thing in the problem with black Twitter and Twitter in general, um, a lot of times is that this this blind hatred um, sometimes and the fact that of every, once they dislike someone, everything they do has to be bad. And we'll talk about that more on both the 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 pro Trump and the negative Trump, uh, the against Trump side. So but, you know, and the thing with with this is, is that I feel is that we always talk about celebrities and how they don't use their celebrity. They don't use their base. They don't use their platform to do better things. And for Kim Kardashian to hear this woman's case, to feel moved enough to where, and, and Kim Kardashian hasn't been the most activist type person and, and she maybe never will again. But the fact that she heard this woman's story and wanted to go so far to her that, that she heard the injustice and she wanted to help this woman, I think deserves hats off like regardless of any of that you can call her stupid you can bring up the porn you could say that she was twerking for donald trump in the oval office all that stupid shit that people like to do to dissuade from the fact that at the end of the day this woman used her celebrity to help somebody and alice marie johnson did get her um her her sentence commuted now that's different from pardon pardon is where you wipe out both the punishment and the conviction with um, the, 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 the sentence being commuted, it means that the conviction remains on her record, but the punishment, AKA the sentence is wiped out. So she is released. And when she was released, uh, she was quoted as saying, I feel like my life is starting over again. This is a miracle day. And for that woman, her family, it absolutely had to feel like a miracle. So let's, let's, and, and I'm going to talk about both sides of this, but for, for that aspect of it, Let's give a round of applause. Let's let's congratulate Kim Kardashian on the fact that she felt that moved. But here's where we'll get into the other side. Um, she was actually interviewed about this, about uh, Alice Marie Johnson getting out of jail and also about, you know, Trump possibly using her. And she did seem a little bit unprepared for that question. It seemed to kind of maybe catch her off guard. Um, you know, we're actually we're going to get into a clip from that interview. And here here it goes. I'm just going to throw them at you. You tell me yeah. who's right and who's wrong. Trump is using you as a political pawn. So now you're sort of, you, you, you've endorsed him in a way. You've kind of given him legitimacy. You might be in a campaign video. Uh, he used you. I think, I think Kanye's already given him legitimacy. So I don't, you know, in that way. So I, I was working on this before. So I don't like, for being, I don't think I would be used, mm -hmm. you know, and, and at the end of the day, he heard me out. We got the job done. So. All right. So, I mean, that brings us to the next part of the conversation. And, you know, with with Kanye wearing the MAGA hat and, and his Trump comments and his comments on slavery and Kim Kardashian going to the White House, a lot of conversations have been had. Is Trump using his relationship with the West? family um to in some way strengthen his black support or to get more black supporters is that is that what he's out for um i would first i want to say that absolutely absolutely he is and for anyone to think that that that's not the case is crazy for anyone to think that 
or to say, oh, no, Trump is completely doing this out of the, the kindness of his own heart. That's probably partially true as well. Like it, it there's the thing is, and, and this is where I I argue with people on both sides of the spectrum, the either the blind hate or the blind love for for Trump or any politician is really ridiculous, to be quite honest. For those that say Obama is cor- was corrupt, for those who say, oh, no, Obama wasn't. Every politician is a bit corrupt. Everyone. So this, these arguments and conversations that people have and like to deter from, um, and, and if you feel like you have to support your, or back your support of Trump by saying Obama was corrupt is, in my opinion, it shouldn't even be part of the conversation. Uh, you, you should be able to back who you want to back and back that up with reasons for what they're doing. Good. If you have to only support someone by throwing someone else under the bus, then that's an issue. And I would like to say that on the same, on the other side of the spectrum as well. And we, we had a conversation, me and Andrew Bello and uh, Colin Wysong, a.k.a. Redneck, actually had a, had a segment on this and it was entitled Fandom. And we talked about the fact of how people allow their fandom over someone, an act, an artist, a politician or whoever to 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 kind of blind them in a sense or to kind of inform their opinions in a way. And that that just it shouldn't be like it, it, you, you you shouldn't be able to just blindly say everything someone does is good just because you like that person you should be able to to point out and it, it's not even necessarily negative every politician has used things to gain support or votes from a, a specific race or a segment of people that's that's what politicians do do now as far as the exploitation there are things that are comments um that I, I just can't get with. Um, and that's not just from Trump. That's from Trump supporters. That's from people who are against Trump. And, you know, for example, Trump was on, the, I believe, the White House lawn in which he brought up that he was going to pardon Muhammad Ali. I have my feelings on that. Um, I'm going to talk about them at a, at a different date and time where actually I'm actually going to get something together to talk about Trump and his pardon and power in general and how he's using it. So that conversation will be had. Um, at a different time, but the the attacks that 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 people are going through, um, and for example, like Kanye being canceled, Kanye's not canceled, or when people were protesting Starbucks, which that was again just a reaction, and no one really did their research on Starbucks, the company. They let the actions of one manager completely make them take them away from the from the point, and. It, it's like I said, it, it is, politics are one of those things that are always going to separate people. And it's definitely always going to separate people when we feel we have to bring one down to lift another one up. Every politician is corrupt. I'm not in any way saying you you should support Donald Trump. I'm not saying that. I'm not a Trump supporter. So, no, I, I, I definitely can understand that. But the attacks and you know, that, that's that's just something that I personally have an issue with. That's something that the purpose of this podcast is, is I said, to provoke thought and conversation. Me and, me and Andrew Bello have had several conversations on, on Trump's politics or politics in general. So that brings me to the next thing I wanted to discuss while we're kind of on this topic. That is the joint pettiness of both people who are pro and anti-Trump. We're going to talk about both sides. Don't think that you're going to get a pass on this because you're not. So the first one that we that I'm going to talk about is the, the the blind reaction that Trump supporters a lot of them seem to always be in. And that that, that that's the this whole thing of for example, let's say Chris Evans, who has come out and said stuff against Trump before. It, it, let's say he he says that as he has 
in the next movie while he's playing Captain America, let's say he dies. Or let's say he trips and falls or whatever. And the Trump supporters are, ha ha ha, that's what you get. How, how's that, that Trump hate working out for you? What in the entire fuck does that have to do with hating Trump or, or, or liking Trump? What does that have to do? Like the whole thing of the, of, of the, the supporters of Trump, anything that's come out and people speak against them. Now it's a, oh, now we have to attack this person. We have to attack their ideas. Like why, why does, does anyone have to support Trump? Why do you take it as someone who's not supporting the same thing you're supporting as now there's something that we have to go out and do and we have to take this person down. We have to talk shit about them. It's stupid and it's childish and it's petty, but let's also talk about the anti-Trump people because you're not going to get a pass on this either. So the people who are anti-Trump who, Hey, and there's, there's two things I want to talk about this. Um, the, the people are anti that anyone who says anything or mentions that Trump did anything positive, they automatically come out and and go at them so hard. It's it's the same thing as like I said, the anti-Trump people going out on someone who who said something um anti-Trump or the pro people, the pro-Trump people saying something that's anti-Trump. It's silly. And and the thing is that and I and I have always have said this is that the the, the whole Trump anti-pro-Trump thing is now just starting to become a bunch of people yelling and not trying to hear anything and just yelling just to be heard, just to defend their opinion or just to have one rather than even even if you choose, if you say I am not going to have a conversation with anyone pro Trump because I feel like my words would be wasted. But then at the same time, you can't listen to anything about Trump because you have that same bias. And I've always said this. If you can listen to someone listening to them doesn't mean agreeing with their ideas. It doesn't mean agreeing with how they feel. You are doing nothing but adding a tool into your toolbox, sharpening your sword a little bit. If you allow yourself to even hear how the other side thinks that just gives you a weapon to, 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 to make yourself stronger, to inform yourself more, to inform your political opinion more. If you can sit there and say, Hey, this, this is what the other side is doing. This is how they feel. This is why I don't agree with it. But now I know what angle they're going to come from. I know how they're going to attack it. I know what their line of thinking is. That just gives you an ability to now fight that or to now, if you don't agree with that, that line of thinking, if you don't agree with the result of what they're thinking or even the variables, now, you know, okay, well, this is what I feel they're not seeing. This is what we need to focus our efforts on so that way we can get this out more and hopefully it can inform some other people. No one is doing that. Everyone is now just reacting, just wanting to spew venom, just to spew venom. And it's stupid. It's childish. It's silly. And another thing that's childish while I'm on the subject is the whole calling Trump 45 rather than using his name. Why? What do you gain from that? Is 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 Donald Trump a uh, 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 wizard somehow that I'm not that I'm not aware of? If you use his name, is he going to pop up in your house? Me personally, because if I use Trump's name and he's going to pop up, I'm going to punch him in the face. So I'm going to use it even more. But the thing is, is that why? Like, what, what do you gain from that? And I've always said this, this is there's power in using someone's name. Why do you think that when your mother screamed out your full name, you immediately perk up and you, huh? What? There's power in that. When you when you when you act like you're afraid to say someone's name, it, it, you're not really disrespecting you when you're making yourself look look afraid. Stand on your word. And I'm not by any means saying that you should support Trump. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying what what do you gain out of not using it? Maybe maybe it's just something I'm missing. Maybe this is another one of those things I'm gonna get emails about. People are gonna say hey hey hey, this is what we're doing. And, and again. This is just my opinion. I'm not going to. Hey, if that's your way of protesting, as we'll talk about with the NFL thing, if that's your way of protesting, you have that right. I'm just saying I, I to me personally, it just seems silly. Um, but, you know, again, that's that's just my opinion. I, overall, I just want everyone to a 
sharpen your own tools. See how the other side is thinking so that, that you can even disagree more. It may strengthen how you feel, it may reinforce that. But this 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 thing that everyone's getting and just battling and it's just turning into a bunch of shouting matches for what? Why sway? How sway? Whatever you want to say. I don't know. But seriously, come on, people. And I and I fully like support everyone to have their own political opinion, but to have an informed one. And you know that, that that's that's what we're trying to do with this podcast. Is what I, I would suggest everyone do. And Trump is he's definitely playing the political game, and he's doing it early. He is, is he is doing what what probably everyone around him is suggesting him to do, and that is to get ready for the next election, even though it's years away. You start doing that stuff early. We 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 need someone on the other side to be doing that as well. This stuff is all started every, and that's the thing. Everything in a sense is political. It has its roots in, in politics, and uh, people don't realize that. People, your favorite artists, guess what? I guarantee you, in some type of way, their music, something they do when they speak, it's political. Everyone is playing the political game. Just stay aware, stay on top of it, and make your informed decisions. But admittedly, I got on a bit of a tangent there. Um, overall, like I said, there are absolutely political hooks in this conversation, in what's happening with, with Kardashian, Trump, West, everything. There are absolutely political hooks in it. That Anyone to say that it's, it's not is ridiculous. But all I'm saying is let's, while we're arguing the politics, while we're arguing if Trump is using people yes or no, let's also celebrate the fact that this woman got out of jail and that regardless of what you feel about Kim Kardashian, it probably wouldn't have got done if she did not take as big of a interest in it as what she did. That was someone who decided to use their celebrity in a positive way in that moment. We're going to go ahead and transition into the next thing. And that is I want to talk about uh, the NFL protest and what's going on with the NFL. As we know, the Philadelphia Eagles did not have a White House visit. And I respect um, the fact that they did not go. I respect the fact of when they were interviewed, um, how they decided to address it, everything about it. Even even the coach is saying that he would have liked to go, but they're a team and they're very they're backing each other. But I want to get into some statistics. And this is as of June 7th. So this is this is as far as what I was able to find the most recent polls on this. And that was that 58 percent of American voters don't think that the the racial injustice protests, a.k.a. kneeling during the anthem is unpatriotic. 53% believe that the athletes have the right to protest on the playing field or court. 51% oppose fining NFL teams if players do not stand for the anthem. And 51% also support the NFL policy requiring players on the field to stand for the anthem. So those are, as of this recording, what I was able to find. What that says that is that, you know, 58%. So that's still kind of a, a narrow margin, but it is it, definitely... Of course, the statistics is more so in Americans feeling that kneeling is not unpatriotic, which I have said on this podcast before. Again, I feel like people who want to focus more on the type of protest want to take the attention away from what the protest is about. Again, and we got into a Twitter conversation, me and a few other podcasters with someone else in which they, they he said that the that the. The anthem, kneeling doing the anthem was taken away from his enjoyment of the game. Um, this particular person said, in which I immediately questioned, well, how often did you actually stop and watch the anthem? How, 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 because honestly, and even me, not that many people are watching the anthem 
during it. Or even then, it's not affecting. It doesn't affect the game itself. There's not been one NFL game that has stopped because of kneeling during the anthem. It, uh, at that time, it was their right to do so. Now, their employer, the NFL, has now come up with a policy. So the players have to abide by that policy. Now, is that uh, is that policy right or wrong? Should should they be able to have that policy? Every employer is able to do, uh, at least to my knowledge, is to have certain requirements of, of people who work for them. So the conversation needs to be had now on, okay, what's the next type of protest? If this really, this racial injustice, if it's something that everyone is passionate about, truly, and I think that the more players than not are, what's the next step? Because now don't let it go away. Don't, don't stop it now because you just can't kneel. Don't let that protest go away. Find new ways to do it. That's all I'm going to say. I wanted to definitely have a conversation on that. Um, We're going to actually get into our newest segment. Um, This one is from Shanice from Okay, so here's the thing is our is our website. We're gonna get get into it now. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let me know what you think about it. I'm excited for this one. Someday, someday, I wanna lay down like God did on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Hi, you guys. First and foremost, I would love to thank my brother in podcast, Mr. CEO Hayes, for sharing his platform with me and allowing me the space to share with his listeners my very controversial, unpopular opinions. Now, these opinions, as well as my creative writing pieces, can be found on my website, OKSoHere'sTheThing.com. Without further ado, let's start with the most controversial man of our time, Kanye West. Before you press that stop button or send Hayes an S email, let me finish. For those of you who hadn't heard, whether you've been doing a social media cleanse like I have or been disregarding pop culture altogether, Kanye West appeared on TMZ for an impromptu interview. And in that interview, he disclosed that he was addicted to opioids after getting liposuction, as well as his thoughts on slavery being a choice. While that shit is completely insane, it's not new for Kanye to say shit off the wall. And his entire career has been pushed by his cocky attitude and word vomit, but no one seems to care about that. Why? Because those things haven't affected the us that you know I'm talking about. We were all cheering for his disruption of Taylor Swift, getting her first VMA, and every time he spoke ill of college as a higher in- institute for higher learning, But now in the age of cancel culture, we don't want to hear it. Now, don't take this as support of Kanye's statements, rather support of Kanye's freedom to say and do whatever the fuck he wants. He has a responsibility to his fans and onlookers to be a voice. And while that voice is sounding crazy these days, let's not disregard all of Kanye's nonsense and just now start boycotting because now you're in your feelings over his views on a point in history that you your mama and your grandmama weren't even around for while the results from slavery is still alive and well today. Trust me. I know as a black girl sitting here with locks, you yourself were not and are currently not a slave. Let his fucked up views be his, let his God and his mama in heaven have the last say on his canceled status. Any losers. If you would like to hear more about Kanye or interested in more unpopular opinions, please check out OKSoHere'sTheThing.com. Um, I'll sign off with a snippet from my favorite track off of Kanye's latest album, Yay, called Ghost. And this is featuring Kit Cudi. Bye, y'all. Whoa. 
So we got to get into just it's just a crazy bit of news that came out. And that is Justin Bieber is being sued by a guy he got into a street fight with in Cleveland back in 2016 during the NBA finals in which he said, nigga, um, according to the the court documents that have been released, is that um, the victim is, is claiming that Justin Bieber got suddenly irate over a photograph that was taken and demanded it be deleted. After that, all uh, hell obviously broke out. And so this this guy is suing Justin Bieber over his use of the word during a fight. Now, that may sound crazy because it sounded crazy as hell to me to be sued over the saying the N-word. In that case, I am going to start suing people's asses off all the time. Just let you know, prepare for those lawsuits. They're coming. I'm suing every fucking body, everybody. But to, to, to get into, there's actually some precedents for this. And that is that in September... On September 3rd, 2013, a federal jury awarded Brandy Johnson $250,000 um, in 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 uh, damages and then another $30,000 in punitive damages in a lawsuit in which her um, supervisor um, at, at Strive, that's the company she was working for, um, called her nigga or used the word nigga during um, a conversation in her job with her job performance. Uh, Rob Cremona, who was the supervisor the, in this case, who who was the one who used the the, the N word, was ordered to pay twenty five thousand of that two hundred and fifty thousand, and then the rest of that was going to be paid by Strive, the the company. So there is precedence for for this, at least in in my research. Now, is it a bit ridiculous? Hmm. Possibly, but you know, it's, it's, it's news that I wanted to talk about. Like I said, it, it will, we'll be paying, paying closer attention to this to see if it ends up going through. But I, I definitely wanted to, to get into that. We're actually, we have to talk, you know, it's, it's becoming my favorite segment and the, the stupid idiot of the week, uh, sometimes can be funny. Sometimes it can be serious this week. There's a little bit of both. So we're going to get into the stupid idiot of the week. really dumb for real okay so for the stupid idiot of the week before we get into it like i said it's not always going to be silly this one is fair fairly serious um anthony bourdain um celebrity chef who just who, who, who that that sit down he had with obama one of the the best moments of obama's presidency as far as like from a from a public opinion standpoint just to be able to see him sit down and have that like the guy has done a lot and also Handbag designer Kate, Kate Spade also died. They both died from apparent suicides. And like I said, this, before we get into the actual stupid eats, they're not the stupid eats. Um, I want to go ahead and, and promote um, the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is at 1-800-273-8255 for anyone who has issues battling thoughts of suicide or depression or whatever please call that hotline we can't say enough how serious it is to seek help and to not be ashamed of how you're feeling let's just seek the help that we need but 
In response to specifically Anthony Bourdain's death, there were two stupid idiots who decided to tweet. The first one goes to Michael, Michael Blackson, who tweeted, only suckers, weak and selfish people commit suicide. Well, unless I, I wake up, look at my pants and my dick is gone. Bye bye, motherfuckers. While he meant that fun, he later deleted the tweet. You don't want to to play of something as serious. Um, so first we're going to get Michael Blackson for being a, you're not really that funny. Um, B to, to make light of something so serious. You are definitely stupid idiot. The next one is a little bit worse in my opinion. And this is, uh, David Leavitt tweeted selfishly taking your own life and hurting your friends and family makes you a steeping gaping asshole, Anthony Bourdain. And he went on to, to quote a tweet that Anthony Bourdain was talking, you know, they, they had their back and forth before. And again, David, leave it to, to, for you to not realize how petty, how stupid and how insensitive that is to the people who are actually going and, and affected by this loss and to use someone's death as a way to have the last word because they, they gave you the business on Twitter before. You're a fucking idiot. You're definitely you disrespectful, stupid idiot. So to both of our stupid idiots of this week, Michael Blackson, who, again, I said he probably more so meant it as funny. He thought it was funny. Off color joke deleted it. David leave it as of the time of this recording has still not deleted that that tweet, even after how, how like he's lost, I think, uh, over a thousand followers based off of it. And not to say that 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 you should base your stuff off followers you lose or anything, but people have responded to that and he still has refused to take it down. So to both our stupid idiots of this week, I didn't call you idiots. I called you stupid idiots. We're going to try to get back into, you know, something that's not so insensitive and, and not so serious. We're going to actually going to be talking about the NBA finals right after this break. All right, so the Golden State Warriors sweep the Cleveland Cavaliers in what I think uh, most basketball fans realized was going to happen. Um, and for everything LeBron tried, and and not just LeBron, there were a lot of people on this team that did try. They just didn't have the skill level. And Golden State just was the better team in the series by far. You know, game one was probably the closest. I think the, the first half of game two was close as well. But everything's after that was just all Warriors. And the Warriors came out in game four, and you could tell they just wanted to get get it over with, done with. They wanted an emphatic win. They blew him out. LeBron James, after the fact, uh, has actually released that he's been playing with a broken hand since game one after punching um, something in his frustration after losing game one. And we're going to spin this into talking about the Warriors' dom- dominance and then also LeBron's legacy. And I want to talk about the Warriors first because I feel like everyone after this game wants to just talk about LeBron. And let's focus on the champions. The Golden State Warriors may very well be the best collection of basketball players as a team ever. And even if you don't consider that, they're probably only second to the Bulls. Um, and they're, I, I personally like the second three-peat team of the Bulls better than the first three-peat of the Bulls. But that's a story for another day. That's just me being a Bulls fan. Um, but the, the, this team, and the fact is, they're able to keep this team together. If they're able to sacrifice. Now, Klay Thompson is up for a contract extension, I believe, if not this year, next if if they hold on to Klay Thompson, um, you you have to think that the core of Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green 
as long as you can fill them around with quality players and defenders, they're almost unbeatable just with those four together. Um, Draymond Green being the glue guy, being the, the Swiss Army knife who does a little bit of everything. He's not, he's not elite in anything, probably except defense if you want to give him an elite skill. But we all know about the other three. Clay and Steph, two of the best three point shooters in history. Steph definitely, in my opinion, as I said last week, the best three point shooter ever. Um, and also Clay's great on defense as well. He guards probably the best perimeter player on every, on whatever team they face every night. And then we got Kevin Durant. The second best player in the NBA right now. Possibly some may look at him as, as the best player in the NBA right now. I don't know how that conversation goes with him. Um, because I just think LeBron is, I think anything other than LeBron being the best player in the world right now is, is crazy. I, while I do have my problems with LeBron as a person, I'm sorry, as a player, respect the guy as a person. Um, but this, this team, uh, three championships in four years. They broke the record of wins in, in, in the regular season. A couple of years ago, that was before they got Kevin Durant. So, like, what can't this team go? Where, where is the 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 competition for them really coming? Um, LeBron is a free agent at the end of this year, so depending on where he goes, this whole conversation can change. But as of right now, these guys are young enough. Um, their skills are enough to where we can be seeing a five to six year more years um, out of the team who's already been in the finals four straight years. It's 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 crazy. It's it's scary. Like, wh- what team really can beat the Warriors? And, and I know Houston pushed them, and, and Chris Paul got hurt. But I don't know. Like, I, I don't trust Chris Paul and, and and Harden in the playoffs at all. So what happens? What what can be done? Are they going to be able to be stopped? I don't foresee it happening. I think we're going to get a, a few more titles or at least finals, victory, finals appearances out of them for sure over the next five years or so. Now, we have to talk about the next thing. We have to talk about the loser in in this and that's, Cleveland Cavaliers are definitely the losers, especially if LeBron uh, leaves. But LeBron's legacy now definitely he's already lost more finals than than he's appeared in. Um, got swept this year. Uh, what does this, if anything, does for LeBron's legacy? And I, and I think when when you really look at it, it's it's hard to take away that he's definitely the best player in the game. Like I said, I I think a conversation other than him being the best player right now, I'm not saying ever, is crazy. But what where does LeBron go? Uh, he's come out since the, the finals have been over and said that uh, contention is, is going to be and the best basketball fit is going to be the most important things to him this summer. He's also said, though, that he still sees himself retiring in Cleveland. So, you know, take that how you will. Where is he going to go? Greg Popovich just came out and said he would like to sit down with LeBron. And, the, and in my opinion, if Greg Popovich can sit down with any player with enough time, he can probably convince him to come to his team. Um Houston's won. Philly's been talked about. The Lakers have been talked about with him and Paul George both teaming up to go to the Lakers. It's really up in air. Now, the thing is, is the bouncing around teams, does that affect his legacy? For me, it it does in a sense. Like, it's hard for me to say he's the best player of all time with with that type of thing. Um, But let's not forget. And everybody wants to say, and I'm a a Bulls fan. Don't get me. I think think Michael Jordan is the best player ever in the game. But let's not act like he didn't have Scottie Pippen with him. Like, let's let's not act like he didn't have one of the all time greats with him as well. So you you want another player around you, um, especially as LeBron gets older. When you you hear most of the teams will accept Houston that they speculated from the go to have very young cores. And that's because as LeBron game starts to diminish, not only can the other younger players kind of lift up around him, but. They can learn from them, and that's how you generation generationally keep a team in contention. 
Look at the Spurs, for example. We'll go back to that. It went from David Robinson to Tim Duncan to Kawhi Leonard. There's an overlap of every, of all those three players um, from from one to another, which they learn that winning culture. They learn what it took to win to to get to the championship level. So you you kind of want to do that, especially when you have a player as great as LeBron. And that's one of the things that Cleveland messed up on is when they did the trade for for Kevin Love. They gave up on they gave up Wiggins, someone who could have learned from from LeBron. And and LeBron alienated Kyrie, and he's gone. And Cleveland does have a draft pick. They have the number eight draft pick this year. That could be Michael Porter Jr., who I want my Bulls to draft. So they, this could happen in Cleveland as well, where you get someone who's hopefully is good good enough to keep that team in contention and to learn from LeBron as as the years go. But I think that a young core is definitely going to be – it's either going to be a young core or a, a elite players again. He can do both kind of in, in L.A. Um, with Ingram, with Ball, who will – I'll talk about Ball at another point in time. But if him and Paul George both go there, what does that mean if those – if they teach those younger guys um, as well as him playing with Paul George could be huge. So Le- LeBron's going to make the best basketball decision, we hope, for him this year. Um I enjoy personally seeing Cleveland lose. As someone who lives in Columbus, Ohio, I, I work with the majority of, of Cleveland uh, Cav, Cavalier fans, and I just love being able to walk into work after they lose. I can't wait to go to work Monday. I, I Really, I, I can't wait. But, you know, that's just the NBA Finals talk. We'll have some more discussion um, about the draft when that comes up. So we're going to get into our next segment. It's me and Poindexter, the chief of UML. You know, this is UML month here at the Awaken. So where all of my guests are from the Urban Mogul Life Network. So we're going to get into a brief music on the other side of that. It's going to be me and my big brother in podcasting. And that's Poindexter. Hey, hello, hello, they know, they know, hello, hello, they know, they know, hello, hello, they know, they know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are still in the middle of UML month. We had dual lists since we started off, and this week we went straight to the top. We got the pod father in the building, Mr. Poindexter himself. Chill. <laughs> What's going on, Poindexter? Man, good, good, man. I'm. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm glad that you have me on. I thank you, man. Oh man, I, I thank you, man. Every, everything you've done for. All my podcasts and, and everything, man. You ain't got to thank me for nothing. But if for they should know you. But for any of my listeners who don't know who Poindex is and what you do, man, tell the people what you do. Man, I'm Poindexter, aka the Podfather, aka the Podstradamus. Man, your um, mail. I run your mail with uh, with El Fatah. This was actually his baby that he started back in 2009. I'm just here trying to um, try trying to help us get further um so if, if you want to what i kind of do i kind of um, sought out new talent and um bring them on and get everybody working together and i kind of run the podcast side of the business because we have other things that we do with events and things like that but i keep my hands involved in everything podcast related is kind of what i do that's what's up, man. How'd you uh how'd you first get in and this, I don't even think I've asked you this before. How'd you first get into podcasting? Man. So I want to say back in 2012. So the um UML started back in 2009, um blogging. Um Elfata uh started it doing blogging as things have trans um transcended. I came on in um 2012 and we started seeing that yeah, 
blogging is starting to fade out and it was podcasting. So we kind of what we were what we were doing at that time, there was another local podcast that we were supposed to like go in with and kind of um, get everything going. And we kind of have shows together Um, their particular group. They had individuals that let's just say they didn't they didn't want to bring us on because we were seen as competition also so we kind of went off and we did our own thing so we started up our um our podcast division with our first first podcast um the mogul lounge which we're about to hit the 150th episode that's about to drop um next week and from there man it's really just man it's just taking form the second podcast on here i think it was um moguls on sports and then we started adding and now man we up to like 17 so it's like one of those things kind of like snowballed and just just grew and man i'm i'm just embracing it and trying to mold it and man you know sky's the limit yeah the 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 talent on the team is deep man we got the we got the definitely the deepest roster in podcast in the podcast network game and i said it i don't care who feels no type of way about it like it's it's dope. Like I, I listen to a geek set buffet boys, duolistic, the 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 mogul podcast that you name, live woke. Like we, it's deep. It's ridiculous. Check it out. Urban mogul life. Man, listen. Nobody nobody's doing it like us. And I, <laughs> and you know it, it's easy to humble brag, but when you really think about, it, we seventeen deep, man. We cross all different type of you want to say in industries or whatever cigars. I mean, we have cats on our um on um that podcast with us that have literally had rap deals in their hands. We have artists um, that that's a part of us that have been in front of like Lenny S um, and that have been in front of other people. So we have that, we have individuals that, um, that do graphic design websites, um, events like, dude, like we are so, we, we are, we're so diverse. There's nobody as diverse as us, man. And man, we, I can say we global. We got AJ in in Canada. Man, we global. Nobody ain't doing it like us, man. Let's be real. Facts. Facts. That's 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 enough said. The humble brag humble is brag. over. Humble exactly, brag. exactly. But we're here to discuss a few topics. We're going to get into the first one, man. And this I told the people I was going to I was going to be discussing. I purposely didn't discuss it last week cuz I wanted to talk to you about it. This Kanye album, man. Yay. Just just initial reactions when you first heard the album all the way through. What what did you walk away thinking? Um, I if if I had to um compare it to, I think it's an artful album. I had to, if I'm comparing comparing it to art, um, or paintings like it's abstract art to me. I think that this particular album was Kanye doing whatever the fuck Kanye wanted to do, and that's what he put out. Like budget meant nothing. I'm going to put out what I want and how I feel. And that's that's what he did. I have joints on there that I actually do like. Um, you know what is it like? Yikes! Yeah. Um, I I appreciate that um, song. Um, what what's that other one? It's is it No Mistakes? I, be- yeah. I believe it is. Also, yeah. uh, I enjoy that also too. Um, you know he he has some song. And man, you listen. I like the fact that he brought brought Uncle Charlie on. Man, I like Charlie Wilson. You know and. The beats are fucking soulful. They're so motherfucking yeah. soulful. And I like that. The lyrics, I don't know what Sci-Hi was talking <laughs> about, but I do I, I, I do like the album. 
we judge things here on your mail because we moguls by bow ties, man. I mean, honestly, I'm giving it a 2.8, a 2.8. I'm stretching it to a three, but it's about a 2.8 because when I look at Ye's entire catalog, out of all his albums, it might be five or six or whatever like that compared to everything else he has out there. Yeah, and, and like you said, too, like the production on the album, I don't think that can be argued. Like the production is great. Like right. creatively, creatively, what he did on that uh, on this album, bananas. Like with the production, I will say my my one critique, and it when I listened to the album the first time through, I didn't like it, and I was trying to put my finger on why I didn't like it, and it was I I don't like any of the choruses on this album, like none of them. But that that's a very small part of the song. Like I said, what he did creatively. Um, and, and thinking outside the box, like, I think people need to get out the mind frame of college dropout and late registration Kanye. That Kanye is not here anymore. This is a different Kanye. And if you, if you step away from it, looking at it in the lens of the old Kanye and just appreciate for what the artist is now, what, what he's trying to do and his vulnerability on that. Like there's some songs where he talked about stuff on that. I know Kim Kardashian is probably was probably yelling at him about like I, I th- th- his openness on this album is dope and i and i hate that it's getting so caught up in the maga hat thing and people are hating on it because of his political views and my thing is is that I, I i can understand if you don't believe in what somebody else believes in and you choose to boycott their music because of it fine just say that you don't have to try to say that the album is horrible just because you don't like the person because it's not horrible it's just not it's not the old Kanye. Right. And you know what this is? It's evolution. It's maturation. Like if we probably go to some of our favorite rappers, favorite rappers and things like that. And if you look at their first album, their first album is usually the hunger and everything that's there that speaks. And then they evolve, they get money, they get nice shit and, and their words and things start to change up. Now, this is what I don't understand and why I, I don't like is because some of the people that say they're not listening to it because of the things that he said. But I will ask them to stop and, and think about there's so many other individuals that they probably listen to on a regular that possibly have a checkered past. I mean, I'm just going to use this because it sticks out of my head right now. I love Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye comes up in a lot of people's favorite artists and things like that. Marvin Gaye has a checkered past. But no, we're not talking about that because people have selective memories. That's the sh- that's what the fuck it is right now. It's like you listen, separate the art from the person, and and see where that takes you. That's yeah, my and, thoughts. yeah, and I and I can completely agree with that. And with some things, I'll even admit that I can't separate the art from the artist. Like just being honest, there are certain people that I can't do that with either. But at the same time, it's like. Look, you gotta you gotta try to appreciate, and I mean it's not slowing down in sales at all, like not even a little bit. Um, and I I just feel like people are missing out on on some, like I said, if nothing else, the production. Like I can listen to the instrumentals from this album and be perfectly fine because right. it's just, they're just that dope to me. Right. Um, I definitely agree. Like you said, sales ain't slowing down. I think first week was seven hundred sixty-five thousand sales. I mean. It's kind of like one of those things, yeah, you don't like them. It, um, it's kind of like, so, you know, Spotify did the whole, their thing about taking um, R. Kelly off, or they did, or whatever like that. In, like, the past month, R. Kelly's numbers have actually risen from what it is. So it's like, 
and I know how people feel about R. Kelly or whatever like that. I can fuck the R. Kelly still and not be thinking about none of that other bullshit. The reason I don't is because my wife don't jive with it. But you know what? It's cool. I mean, it is what it is. But this 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 particular album here, it's it's it, again, it's not like it's gonna go double wood. You know, it's not anything like that. But um, you know, when he has some of the other things, what is like my my dark twisted fantasy, that was like the album of the decade and things like that. All it is is that he has come out with more material that was better. And it's going to take me a while to get back down to this particular album. Yay. Like a life people don't, a lot of people don't like life of Pablo. Get the fuck out of here, man. My joint was 30 hours on that, on that album right there. I like that particular album too. So, I mean, people going to like what they like, but as an artist, artists are always talking about being able to do things that they want to do. And with doing that, you might lose some fan, some fans or whatever it is, but they living in their own, they own truth, so to speak. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to criticize anybody's political. Well, no, I, I mean, I do that from time to time on this podcast when we actually talk politics, but we're not. We're talking hip hop right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the Kanye album overall, I have my issues with it. Like I said, I'm not going to say it's a it's a masterpiece of piece of work. I just have things that I do appreciate about the album. Um, I still miss the old Kanye though. I'm just, I just always am. Like there, there was something special about those first three, four albums from him that I kind of missed that. But he, like you said, it's it's an evolution. This he's turning into something different. Um, we'll see where he is in a couple of years though. Definitely. I mean, though all those albums, honestly, even the titles of them follow the theme, right? And this particular album, like this, it's like it's not focused. Or anything like that. It's uh, um, Elvita said, you know, it's like a folk album or whatever like that. But it's like, again, the production is just like on point. The beats ain't aren't leaving a step, aren't aren't losing a step or anything like that. So it's like, huh? Okay, so maybe the, the 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 bars there weren't bars there or anything like that. But when you look at Kanye, I'm not looking for no black thought bars you know what i'm trying to say so Ooh, speaking of black thought man please tell me you listen i, I know it's only five tracks have you got a chance to listen to that project I, yet I, I'll, I'll be honest amongst all the music and all the podcasts and everything i have not i have to task myself in which to do that in the next 24 hours and i will <laughs> that's fine i i, I may I may have to drop box it to you so you can get it easily, but you know that that that's a whole side thing. We ain't gonna, we don't go on, on wax too much about that. But the next <laughs> the next topic, man, we got to talk about, um, and that's and, you know kind of piggybacking off the off the yay thing because you said it. The lyricism may not be there, and I want to ask you this question, man. Yeah, we're. I know you appreciate old school hip hop. I know that that's more your era than mine. I, I love like mainly late eighties and early nineties hip hop. But is lyricism dying in hip hop, man, or is it just changing? How do, how do you see it with the new guard of artists? I mean, really, the only old the old school traditional lyricists are really what Cole Kendrick, a few others like that pop in in and out of there. But what do you think about overall lyricism dying in hip hop? I mean, honestly, I mean, I think it's always had you had your your lesser um, 
quality artists when it comes to bars versus the ones that were at the top and at their particular peak. Let's be quite honest. Bars have been suffering since Silk the Shocker was dropping shit back in 2001 and 2002. So it just did not um, start right now. I think the subject matter hurts the lyrics and everything like that. You know, I'm not trying to hear about fucking fentanyl, lean, and all of this other type of stuff. And please, please enunciate your fucking lyrics so I can understand. I know that might make me sound like the old guy pushing my, my glasses up on my nose and everything like that. And son, by the way, pull your pants up while you're at it too. But I, I, I think like if not to sound like the old guy, I mean, I think you have your pockets of individuals where the, the lyricism is still there and the ones that they aren't. I mean, because if we, we kind of look at it, is is Pusha T like when you look at him like he got he got bars but he don't have lyrics, right? Is, is that yeah. correct or what? yeah? I mean, and see, that's the thing is like lyricism is it's kind of evolved how we looked at, how we look at it because at one era Pusha T would have absolutely been looked at, at as a lyricist. He he has bars, he has a dope flow, he has dope metal. Like he he's a he's a smart rapper, but a true lyricist, I I wouldn't I wouldn't categorize him as that. Right. And when we when we kind of look at um, lyricists, you, I mean, you're looking at well, who, who let's we name off some. We got um, Black Thought. We have um, um, what? Sci High. Sci High. Absolutely. We, we can't forget Nas and everything. And I'm going to put this in because we talked about this. Nas has been owing us an album since fall of 2016. So he needs to come right with this on this. And we know this is only going to be a seven track album. He needs to come right with it. And all that he had to focus on was lyrics because you had Kanye. And that's a downfall of Nas. It's always been his beat selection and things like that. And he talked, what was that, back in like, I, shit, hip-hop hip hop is dead. He was he was yelling that back when. It's like, God. I, man, yeah. that, that had to be 2010-ish? Like, yeah. that was a minute ago. So shit's been falling off for for a while then so and and yeah i mean we we i mean it makes you think like it, is is it do you think nowadays just this new generation the millennials and i i don't like throwing everything off on the millennials but i mean hell this is their generation of hip-hop um do you think that they just don't appreciate lyricism anymore like they is it's because it's more about vibing it's more about nowadays like what what pops in the club what can you sip like no one really does anyone even care about words anymore? It seems like all it is is you need a dope beat and a um and a chorus. Because once that Gucci Gang shit started popping, I'm like, man, I'm losing, I'm losing faith in humanity. Right. Um. I think, and you know what, you're you're probably right. It's probably the millennials because when I look at the millennials, they like make everything like everything they do is like so simple in life. Like they they like I don't want to use the word dumb it down. They just make simple like less is more type things. And I think it kind of falls over in which into their lyrics and things like that. Even if you look in life like they ain't buying cars, they ain't buying houses, they're not committing to anything. They're not committing to a vocabulary when it comes to lyrics or anything like that. And then you have these cats like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like some joints by Migos and things like that. But like this shit is all like ad lib. And all that kind of stuff like that is like, what the fuck does that mean? And everything like that. So, um, I mean, it's, it's just, it's kind of like one of those things like, 
almost say, do you understand where hip hop has come from? What we meant and everything like that. Like you're taking it and almost making it so simple, simplified that, you know, you know, anybody can do it. And, and it was never, never that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that what people are losing the sight of is the, the difference between being an MC and being the difference and being a rapper. Like there's a difference in, in the two. Like an MC is more than just rapping. It's more than just saying words to music. Like an MC, MCing is more about like everything, everything that encompasses a, a, an art form, at least to me. And I, we, I don't think we have any true MCs anymore. There's a lot of rappers, but they're not, they're not very many MCs. And I think that's, that's where we're going wrong at. Yeah, and I think what happens is, like, hip-hop for a long time, hip-hop was a sport. It was very competitive and everything. I think that they're trying to trying to um, create a vibe versus, you know, the whole competition. It's like, I come on this, I got to out. I got to outbar you. I got to bar you to death and everything like that. It's not that for them. It's like, how can we make all of this cohesive and make people be able to nod to it and be able to cross over and make everybody else enjoy it and everything like that versus the competitive nature that happened so that, you know, when you hear it, you're like, ooh, and everything like that. No, it's not that. It's like, okay. I can I can vibe to this. I can I can dance to this and everything like that. Some of our greatest rappers, they didn't dance, you know. They didn't care about that, but the overall song made the made the crowds dance and everything like that. MC was microphone commander, you know. They tried to dominate their their time that they had in that mic. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and that kind of transitions us into our next topic. But before we get into it, we're going to take a brief break. We're going to hear this ad from another one of our Urban Mogul Life comrades, and we're going to come right back. Tune in to Bonnie K and Jay Cream on the Twisted Sisters every other Wednesday at 8 a.m. on UrbanMogulLife.com for the latest episode. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at Twisted Sisters 4. Holla! All right. Got Poindexter in the building still. We're going to talk about something that is seemed to be reinvigorated in hip hop lately, just over the last couple of weeks. So we're here to talk about is beef good for hip hop? We everyone knows about the Pusha T Drake thing. We're not going to necessarily break down the bars there. Um, Takashi Six Nine and Chief Keef, which is honestly that's more than just beef. Like that that's that, they just happen to be rappers. That's on a whole another level. We'll talk about that too. Little Uzi Vert, Rich the Kid. Um, getting into altercation and you talked about that competitiveness point dexter um that that has always been a part of hip-hop it's always been a part of the culture but oh but is it a problematic part of the culture or do you think beef is good for hip-hop well first i want to say some of those rappers that you name they're rappers by title not by actual skill level um so it's it, it, it's it's like you know one of those things you, you know how now everybody talk about what they 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 want to be classified as you know i this is how i see myself that's what they are they see themselves as rappers so it's so it's kind of like in fig, a figment of their imagination but anyways <laughs> um um i think beef is good as long as it stays on wax that stuff that um chief keith and takashi 69 is doing it's almost borderlining that it could actually be taken off because if i remember correct 
Chief Keith just had an incident at a hotel where he was shot at and everything like that. So that getting off wax, that's a huge issue um, that I have. So in that aspect, it's not good. The Pusha T Drake thing, I have to say that it is good. It's competitiveness. I played sports. So the competitive nature of it, I dig it. I like it. I might not like all the integral pieces on how it got to where it's at right now, um, but I think I think it is good. It, it makes you want to go hard. It's like like I said before, you know, when you get on the mic, you have to make sure that your bars are are top notch so you don't get washed or anything like that. So I, iron sharpens iron. That's what it is. Well, damn, you just you just <laughs> nailed all that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is that. Um, when we were at the, and you know, I say the height of hip hop, which hip hop is now rap is now the biggest genre period. So I, some people argue that it, that it's bigger now than it ever has been. But I mean, like when it was best, when it was at its purest, there was competitiveness between all the MCs and that goes back to cool mode D like the, the, it was even before then, like it, everything is just hip hop has always been competitive. It's always been good. And yeah, there's times where it breaks out into fights or, or it crosses outside of just wax but there's always been even if it's little jabs here and there that are that are thrown um lyrically at people it's always been ingrained in the culture and and while now beef is kind of coming back to the limelight at least so far this summer it's still been there over the last decade or so it hasn't gone away like there's always been people who are throwing little shots at each other and, and everything and i think that that's good i think you know, and it, and it goes back to kind of me and you are both sports fans in the NBA, too. Like, um, we're getting feuds back in the NBA now. For the longest time, all, all these guys in the NBA were all friends outside of the sport. And it kind of watered down the intensity of the game, games in, in some senses. And now you see that coming back. And it's coming back in hip-hop, too. I think it can be great. Um, like you said, it has to stay on wax. Doesn't need definitely doesn't need to go into people getting shot at. That's just ridiculous. It's all about your art form and who's the best at the art. And if everyone's truly trying to get to the top, which you should in any profession you're in, then hell, I mean, you should you should have some friendly competition. I mean, hell, even at UML, we just talked about doing a friendly competition between us pods. There's no beef. We see each other's gonna be all love, but it's always good. It just helps it, it helps camaraderie a lot too. Right, you know. We definitely keeping it all digital and everything like that. <laughs> but, you know, when you think about it, beef has gone back, like way back. When you look at, um, was it KRS-One, MC Shan, Modi, um, LL, LL, Cannabis, Biggie, Pac. That's like the biggest one. We talk Biggie and Pac where it actually probably did um, spill off. And I, I will honestly say, uh, back in that time when it was we were picking sides, I was choosing. I was straight West Coast, throwing it up till I die and everything like that. But the fact of the matter is, the fact that it has to spill off outside of that, that's where it all gets wrong. I mean, I don't think that any of these artists have the followings of like a Pac and Biggie because it's like Pac could say something. Pac could move move people. That's what it is. And he had, he had that particular power. So you had when, you know, artists are coming to the – um, someone from the East Coast going to the West Coast. You had the cats. Um, I, I just have to say, like, in the West Coast, you had the Bloods, Crips, or whatever like that. When They, they were standing up for Pac and everything like that. So they were claiming sets, and those sets were actually, you know, taking it to heart, and that's where it goes wrong and everything like that. This does not need to go wrong or get that far with some of the, the, um, with some of the current artists. I mean, hell, 
um ti was it ti and um gucci i think ti oh. and gucci with the whole thing who was who was the first um um like the king of trap and everything like that of course i'm rolling with ti and everything like that rubber band man um and everything so i mean it's always it's always good and like you said with the nba at some point it did get to the point where they were like friends but the competitive nature still has to still has to be there absolutely so i gotta ask you this man what what's your favorite diss track of all time That's why I fucked your bitch, you fat motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, I still remember where I was when um, Hit 'em Up dropped. I mean, if anybody um, in Wisconsin or Milwaukee's listening, I was driving down 76th Street um, going past Mid, um, not Midtown, I forget. Yeah, is it Midtown Theater and everything like that? I was driving down that, and when I heard it, um, it dropped, I think it was V100 at the time. That it dropped, and I'm like, oh snap! I mean, it wasn't the most like lyrical or anything like that, but it was like so brass that it was like, damn, you know. I mean, Jay has some shit too, well, uh, with super ugly and everything, but you know, you had you had Ether and everything, and, and actually, Jay's mom kind of quelled all that super that beef ugly. that they had yeah, yeah super ugly because he got ugly talking about um fucking Nas's baby mom in the back of the uh Bentley leaving or condoms whatever. on the baby seat man <laughs> i remember when yeah. i first heard that i was like oh damn uh yeah. yeah people forget about super ugly but uh my my favorite diss track of all time is no vaseline and listen i was i think i was six the first time i heard that song and ice cube was probably been one of my favorite rappers forever because like my mom was in love with ice cube forever um so i remember the first time i heard no vaseline it was i think it was the first diss track i ever heard so and i didn't i, I was too young to remember nwa so all I, i've only at first i only ever knew ice cube as a singles artist so when oh. i heard that song and i was like i was like dang and my um my sister at the time she uh she told me she was like um yeah, yeah, this is at NWA. I was like, at N- was why, she why? only your sister then? Was she only your sister then? Or she, she gets on my, sister? she gets she gets she gets on my nerves now. So it's only sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she was like, yeah, it's, it's at NWA. I'm like, well, who's NWA? So it opened my mind to like a whole new like thing of of rap. And so like, yeah, that that's always gonna hold a special. And you know, after that, I I fell in love with Easy E. But um, yeah, that that. No Vaseline. I think it's just one of the most disrespectful while also being just a dope song. Like it, I love No Vaseline. It won't get played nowadays. If they release No Vaseline, they, people were saying Pusha T's, the story of Adon was, Adidon was too disrespectful. Could you imagine if No Vaseline dropped nowadays? Ice Cube would be arrested. Like they would arrest yeah. him for a hate crime. Yeah. And you know what stands out, especially with that too, what helps it out is that the, we, we're coming like off the heels of a few years ago of the actual movie and now you're putting visuals along with like the reaction um when that dropped and we got to actually see that man i'm just telling you like (laughs) could you imagine being a fly on the wall (laughs) when nwa sitting in the living room and they hearing that and then you know you had jerry heller's like 
You that anti-Semitic motherfucker? Did you hear what he said? <laughs> man, listen, man, listen. Cube, Cube is probably listen. Cube peaked too early for me, and he had he success came too quick, and he was so talented. It's like a gift and a curse. He was so talented that it took him away from the music. But man, Cube's Cube's pen. Is un is like you you can never question Cube's pen a focus Cube, man it was nasty. Oh yeah, and, and I, I've said this before like people compare Donald Glover to Andre 3000. I get that musically, but like as far as like being multi talented in different arenas, I always compare him to Ice Cube because Ice Cube a wrote his own songs, wrote raps for NWA. I mean, he didn't produce, but he wrote his own films, acted in them. He didn't sing, but when you really think about it, like, that's the biggest comparison. Like, Donald Glover, he sings, he raps, he he writes comic books, he wrote a TV show. Like, I, I compare those two all the time as far as, like, just the creativeness of the, of the two two guys. Yeah, I, um, now that you say that, I can, I can actually, I can actually see it. Um, it's a different era. Does he do it as well as Cube? <laughs> That's to still be yeah. told because Cube, you know, he's advanced. He's done so much. Um, so I only only part that I can see with Donald Glover, Donald Glover being able to get better in is probably his acting chops because Cube has man. When you got Friday, uh, what is Boys in the Hood? Uh, shit, Triple X. I mean, there's just so much even you know to be able to name. Um, but in that aspect, but I think Donald Glover is actually uh, ascending to those particular heights. Um, he hasn't he hasn't gotten the type of fame. How do I put this? He hasn't gotten the type of fame when it comes musically. But at the same time, we're not comparing apples to apples. So he didn't have the beef and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he didn't come from a rap supergroup that changed the face of a genre. But in his own right. He's doing great things, and man, I big up some. Absolutely, I'm I'm still waiting on that that classic film from Donald Glover. Like he's had some great roles, um, but I'm I, I it's it's coming. Like believe me, I I have no doubts right. that it's coming. But I'm waiting on that one classic that everyone's like, you know what, this is going to be the one that generations remember. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I mean, and even if you look at you know he's in Solo. Um, the movie that's out in movie theaters right now, and then from what I've heard, they're going to be making um, uh, uh, what's that, Lando Carissian and everything like that coming. So you would obviously think that he's going to be the focal point in that. Also, man, it's just coming. You know, it's like greatness just doesn't always happen overnight. We have to realize that. Absolutely. Well, Porn Dexter, man, I want to thank you for taking time out your day, man. I know you're one of the people who is definitely as busy as me, if not busier in this podcasting world. You always got your hands in something, man. That's why we call you the Pie Father. Tell the listeners of the Waking Soul where they can find you. Man, y'all can um, definitely find me if you're out there on Twitter. I'm Point Dexter UML. Also on Instagram, um, you can find me out there. Hey, if you want to enter, email me, I'm poindexter at urbanmogullife.com. Other than that, if you can't find me anywhere else, you don't need to find me. But, you know, I'm out here in these social media streets. This has been episode 52 of 
Fee Awakened. So I was happy to be joined by Point Dexter on this episode, discussing a little bit of everything. We had a, a whole nother 20 minute conversation on LeBron that we didn't even record. So it, me and Point Dexter can always probably talk about just about everything. He's one of those people who, much like me, watch and pay attention to basically everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, on top of just not getting much sleep and always working, we, we have a lot in common. But with that said, you guys know where you can find me. You can find me at CEO Hayes. That's at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. You can also contact me with any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. You can also check out our wonderful website, theawakensoulpod.com. Make sure to check it out. Guys, everything there. You can listen to every episode of The Awakened Soul there as well as every episode of The Breaks Radio right there on its own tab. Everything that I do is found right there. You can also purchase tickets to the live show. Yes, I have to plug the live show before we go. It's going down July 21st in St. Louis at Herb Arts. The theme of it is The Achievement. We'll get into that a little bit more. We just announced that DJ Nappy Needles, as well as King Skrilla, will be performing at this live event. Check this out. It's not going to be just your usual live podcast show. It's going to be, like I said, an event. But that's it for this week. I will see you beautiful, beautiful, wonderful people next week. Peace. Ain't too many can bang with us. Straight up, we no angel dust. Label us notorious. Club that city that love the bus. It's strange to us. Y'all niggas be scrambling, gambling. I'm restaurants with mandolins and violins. We just sitting here trying to win, trying not to sin. High off weed and lots of gin. So much smoke, we oxygen. Steadily counting them Benjamins. Nigga, you should too. If you knew what this game would do to you. Been in this shit since 92. Look at all the bullshit I've been through. So called beef with you know who. Fuck a few female stars or two. Then I'm blue like niggas, no like my shit. Not to be fucked with. Motherfucker better duck quick. Cause me and my dogs love the buck shit Fuck the luck shit, shit the aim No aspirations, quit the game Spit your game, talk your shit Grab your gap, call your clip Squeeze your clip, hit the right one Pass that weed, I got the like one All them niggas, I got to fight one All them hoes, I got to like one Our situation is a tight one What you gonna do? Fight or run Spit your game, talk your shit Grab your gap, call your clip Spit your game